0: This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the TuneIn radio app. And this is Encounter with God and you are listening to Faith FM and we are about to have another clue for our quiz. What do you got for us there, Mon?
1: My head hurts. That's what I've got for you, Lyle.
0: (laughs) And I understand you need to be somewhere else right now
1: you a little bit
0: right now <laughs> too bad you are here for the next 20 minutes at least <laughs> until the next song break you will live
1: I got distracted talking to your son trying to fix his problems
0: yeah well you know
1: I'm a good problem fixer you are a good problem even fixer-er. even when I have a headache
0: you, you you came through mon you came through no, what can I say so
1: least I could do <laughs> Amazing. Okay. what book am I what book of the Bible am I this is clue number four mm-hmm this book tells the story of the rebuilding of the wall surrounding
0: Jerusalem. All right, that clue is actually related to a previous clue.
1: I really don't want you to talk about it because I know you are just going to like slip it out. No, nah. yeah, I think nah. you will. No, nah. give us a call if you know the answer. One eight hundred Faith FM, one eight hundred three two four eight four three, or text zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Get yourself two prizes today instead of just one. Two prizes, two yeah. prizes. It's two prizes, two days.
0: So there was a world record that was set. I reckon it was previous, smash. T- previous to. Nah, I don't reckon it has. I don't I reckon know. it's ever been broken.
1: I've looked at it. I googled it. It's not that big. It's not. No. It's pretty big. I looked at it and I was like, I could do that in a day.
0: Yeah, by yourself. <laughs> I don't know. Monbauer.
1: <laughs> Mon power,
0: yeah, no, nah, couldn't happen. Anyway, let's go to uh, one of my favourite passages in the Bible, Amos chapter seven, verse fourteen and fifteen. This is where we're going to uh, take a look at a very important biblical principle.
1: I was not expecting you to say Amos. Really? When you were like one of my favourites, I was like, oh, Daniel, a revelation. Here we go. And
0: and and you don't think I appreciate the book of Amos?
1: Well. It's definitely not in the top 10 that I would have picked for you to be appreciating.
2: Okay.
0: Right.
1: I'm sure you appreciate it, just, you know.
0: Nah, Amos is awesome. Particularly this passage in Amos. All right. Um, chapter 7, verse 14 and 15. Please, Mon.
1: But Amos replied, I'm not a professional prophet, and I was never trained to be one. I'm just a shepherd, and I take care of sycamore fig trees. But the Lord called me away from my flock and told me, go and prophesy to my people in Israel.
0: There you go. All right. So um, I find this interesting. He was not a professional prophet, and he wasn't trained to be one. He sounds like I'm just a good wondering guy. how you go to school to become a prophet.
1: I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, you can train to be a prophet. Well, there was
0: the thing called the School, <laughs> the school of the, the, the prophets. prophets, you know. Yeah. And this is where you have a little bit of crossover in um, the you know, ancient language and usage between the gift of prophecy and the work of prophesying, and so. Somebody in ancient times who was a preacher, when you stand up to preach, it was often called prophesying. Mm. Uh, whereas in actual fact, it was, you know, a lot of the time it's just referring to preaching. Whereas the gift of prophecy is somebody that uh, receives a very, very special gift, and as a result of receiving that gift, they have, um, you know, divine intervention from God who gives them uh, guidance and counsel and speaks directly to them. They become a mouth- mouthpiece for God. Okay, so what were this guy's qualifications to become uh, the prophet for the nation of Israel?
1: Uh, the Lord called him away from his flock and told him to go prophesy to the people in Israel.
0: Okay, so does that sound like good qualifications to you? I mean, if you were going to become the spiritual leader for Australia, uh, do you, would we go and find a drover? Essentially, he was a drover. It's ah, well, he also took care of sycamore fig trees, so he was a drover and an orchardist.
1: Ah, uh, it wouldn't be my first pick, no.
0: Okay, so where would you start finding a spiritual leader for Australia?
1: In a church.
0: Uh huh, and what kind of qualifications would you be looking for?
1: Probably some sort of theology degree, divinity studies, something like that.
0: Okay, so yeah. Um, Religious
1: liberty studies. Uh huh, uh huh, uh-huh.
0: yeah. And, you know, maybe a PhD or a DD or... Something a, like that. Um, yeah, some other kind of D. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know I have a PhD? Oh, do you? Uh-huh. Yeah? Yep, absolutely. What in? I, I have I a have post-hole digger. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> a PhD is a post-hole digger. No, um, but it uh, it's significant here. Okay, so let's think about this for a moment. When you go through, because he he kind of writes it down here, like I was I was I was never a prophet. I wasn't the son of a prophet. Um, I wasn't trained to be a prophet. I was I was a shepherd, and I took fair care of sycamore uh, fig trees. That was that was my job. I shepherded and an orchardist. Um, and he states this almost like as it's, it's a little bit unusual. But is that actually unusual when you read the biblical account? No. Okay, so find for me, how many, how many um, prophets do we have in the Bible? And name some of the prophets or in the Bible who had a formal education.
1: Like none of them?
0: No, there was some. Really? Yeah.
1: They were, hang on. Do, like when I think of school of prophets, <clears throat> I think like someone who's been called and then they go off to school. I don't think it's someone who goes to the school and then gets their calling.
0: Sure. But wouldn't God choose to call somebody who had been to school and got qualifications and who was a theologian? Wouldn't God <laughs> preference a theologian over a nobody like Amos?
1: I mean, not really. God seems to have a back, back catalogue of doing this. He like anoints shepherd boys to be kings and this kind of stuff. Gets people who are like threshing wheat and doing wine press and secret to lead armies. It seems to be his M.O. I mean, I mean even Saul, even though Saul was a bit, ended up being a bit of a, a bit of a downer, he was just some guy in a crowd. I feel like almost none of the people that God's called have been professionals or highly trained or phd toten characters.
0: Did you know that King Saul was a prophet?
1: I did, but I forgot.
0: There you go. Yeah, there's a piece of trivia that uh, very few people actually uh, realise that when Paul um, was called to be king, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Saul, Saul, sorry, yeah, Saul and King Saul, mm-hmm. King Saul, not Paul. I'm getting Saul. my Sauls mixed up. But King Saul, when he was called to be king, uh, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he had a conversion experience, and he received the gift of prophecy. Kind of messed that up, didn't he?
1: A big time. Big time. Very sadly.
0: Very, very sadly. Okay, so when I read my Bible, this is what I find. I find that the Bible story is actually vastly different from Christianity today. And it does disturb me somewhat. We read about the schools of the prophets. We know they existed. We know that they did a tremendously good work. And uh, they were one of the ways that you know God was able to communicate his will to the people back in the day. Particularly during the days of very deep and dark apostasy, uh, say in northern Israel, because uh, you'll remember that the northern nation of Israel went into apostasy and never ever came out. And sometimes we look at that northern nation and go, there wasn't a single solitary person. We just assume there wasn't a single solitary follower of God there. But then we find, you know, in the time of Elijah, where Elijah's like, I'm the only one left. You know, yeah, sure, there's some people down in Judah that follow God, but here in Israel, there is no one that follows God. And uh, God comes like, yeah, no, actually, you're wrong. There's 7,000 in this nation uh, that follow me. And then you continue on in the story and you find that there's a man by the name of Obadiah. And Obadiah is a righteous man and a follower of God as well. And Obadiah had actually hidden prophets away, about a 100 of them, in two caves. He'd hidden them away from Queen Jezebel because she was trying to kill every follower of God that there was left in the nation of Israel. It was very, very severe persecution against followers of God at this particular time. And so we look at that northern nation of Israel, and it's like, yep, no, there wasn't any followers of God there. But there was actually, there was just never any leadership who followed God. You know the whole story of Hosea. Hosea was called to be a prophet. Hosea, Elisha, Elijah—you know, these were all called to be prophets to the northern nation of Israel. And of course, Elisha had, you know, had the schools. He he ran schools like rise and 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 this kind of thing. Um, the schools of the prophets, and he would you know travel to the various schools of the prophets where he would teach and preach and you know disseminate the word of God, which is a, which is an incredibly important thing because the most powerful. Um, the most powerful force in the world is education.
1: Yeah, I believe that. That's true.
0: There is no question. Yeah. There is nothing more powerful than education. We often look at different ways that we want to change the world, like we want to change the world, we want to form a, a lobby group, or we want to Everything get a petition, or, or we want to stand up and preach a, a series of sermons or something like that. But if you really want to change the world, you change the educational system, and in one generation you've changed the world.
3: You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
0: And of course, Elisha, who received double the spirit of Elijah, that's what he does. He establishes schools and he starts educating young people um, in the service of God, and it uh, you know it does a tremendous work in holding back the forces of darkness, the forces of Satan there in that northern in that northern nation. But when we uh, continue to look at this, uh, this subject right here, there is one great standout theologian in the Bible.
1: Ooh, who's that?
0: Who had a formal education.
1: Oh, is it Paul?
0: Paul, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I knew you'd figure that one out. And so the Apostle Paul, and he did a tremendous job. Uh, He wrote a large portion of the New Testament. He didn't write all of it. He didn't write the majority of it by any stretch of the imagination, but he wrote some very important and significant books. Uh, The other thing that I find about Paul is that when you look at what Peter had to say about him, who was a fisherman, Peter said that Paul was hard to understand. I can see why. (laughs) Okay, and we can all see why today. Nearly all of the debate that exist within Christianity. I would say, and this is just my opinion, and I'm going to pull a figure out of thin air here and I'm going to be right uh, because I'm right and I just think I am. Um, No, but I would say that probably 70% of the debate that we have in Christianity over theology is centered on the writings of Paul.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with you.
0: Now, when you you think about that, you know, Paul was probably one of our most valuable Bible authors, but the most controversial as well. And sometimes I think, you know, if everyone had just been a simple fisherman like Peter and John and these guys, we'd have a whole lot less debate.
1: Yeah. I think but theologians the same time, should be very grateful for Paul because without Paul they wouldn't have anything to argue about.
0: It's kind of like that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and they wouldn't have a uh, justification for existence.
4: <laughs> That's it. They just have to get but they way have to Paul. And so
0: they can justify their existence. And that's good because we need theologians and we need people who love the intellectual side of Christianity. Intellectual Christianity has been demonized.
1: It has, hasn't it? Yeah. You know, it's
0: like, oh, it's all about the relationship, the relationship, the relationship. And in the last 150 years, we have emphasized the relational aspect of Christianity. And that is incredibly important. But in doing so, we have demonized the theological aspect and the intellectual aspect of Christianity.
1: Which is sad because it's often sometimes the, uh, the theological uh, folk who, who can draw out the most beautiful um, lessons. From the Bible. Absolutely. And they say the most beautiful quotes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That, this, is, this is so true. And, and we've also marginalized a whole group within Christianity who connect with God on an intellectual level. Mm. And it is not wrong to connect with God on an intellectual level. We have sort of looked at it as being wrong, but it is not wrong. There are many different ways. People connect with God in different ways and people have a relationship with God in many different ways and some people have a relationship with God uh, through uh, an an intellectual connection. Okay, so when we look at uh, this particular um, individual right here, we have somebody who's actually the norm. He doesn't feel like he's the norm, that's obvious, but he actually is the norm in that God has chosen him. He He would not be the norm today. No. Um, this person would struggle, Amos would struggle to find employment uh, in any church today. In fact, if you go through the Bible, if you look at the disciples, and I have actually, I'm going to read this to you. I'm going to read something. Go on. It's a a bit of a tongue-in-cheek. It's a bit fun. It's a bit of an illustration. But it kind of highlights a really important point. Okay. Because, you know, often we we, we place all of these human um, requirements on anybody that we'll put into, you know, this job or that job or the other job. Whereas, you know, the greatest requirement for ministry is a BA and not one that you get from uh, an institution, but one that you get from God, and that is being born again. Amen. We need to be born again. Okay, so uh, the subject here is disciple recruitment. And the issue at stake is that Jesus has come down to this earth. He has been commissioned by uh, God the Father to start a new global religion. So he has arrived on earth and he has uh, started to find people to recruit. He's like, okay, this is a big task. I've got to affect the entire planet for the next 2,000 years. Um, this is this is no this is no small uh, project that I am taking on at this particular point. This is going to uh, this is going to be something big, and so, all right, where do I start now? Think, place yourself in Jesus' shoes. Let's say that somebody comes to you and says, "I want you to start a new global religion that will affect the world for the next two thousand years." Um, you are going to look for some people of uh, of pretty high qualifications oh, oh, and so skill,
1: many, yeah, like in marketing right. and PR, and
0: <laughs> so it's a memo to Jesus, Jesus, Son of Joseph woodcrafters of nazareth it is from the jordan jordan management consultants in jerusalem (laughs) it says this thank you for submitting the resumes of the 12 men you have picked for management positions in your new organization all of them have completed our battery of tests And we have not only run the results through our computer, but have also arranged personal interviews for each of them with our psychological and vocational aptitude consultant. The profiles of all tested are included. You will want to study them carefully as a part of our service and for your guidance, allow us some general comments, much as an auditor would make uh, general statements. This is a result of staff consultation and without an additional fee. Okay, so this is going to be fun, right? (laughs) It it is the staff opinion that most of your nominees are lacking in education and vocational aptitude for the type of enterprise you are undertaking. They do not have the team concept. We would recommend that you continue your search for educated persons of experience in managerial ability and proven capacity. Simon Peter is emotionally unstable and given to fits of temper. He speaks his mind often without considering the consequences. He has radical left-wing political leanings with connections to a dangerous terrorist organisation called the Zealots. He was found to be carrying a concealed weapon at his interview. Andrew is a natural follower and has absolutely no leadership qualities. The two brothers, James and John, place personal interest above company loyalty. Both have a violent reputation and dysfunctional parents. Thomas suffers from depression and mental instability. He has a concrete worldview and lacks the capacity for conceptual thought. Nathaniel is a loner and demonstrates a questioning attitude that would undermine morale. Bartholomew is racist and displays an unfounded elitist attitude. Philip is short-sighted and lacking in vision. We feel further that it is our duty to tell you that Matthew has extreme right-wing political alliances. The Greater Jerusalem Better Business Bureau has blacklisted him as a result of known criminal associations, accusations of fraud and racketeering. James, the son of Althus, and Thaddeus both regist- registered a high score on the manic-depressive scale. Okay, so when, when we read this through, it is kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it does, it does point out that it, really does. It's, it makes a point here. It continues on. It's not finished yet. One of the candidates, however, shows great potential. <laughs> He's a man of ability and resourcefulness, meets people well, and has a keen business mind and has contacts in high places. He's highly motivated, ambitious, and responsible. He holds a bachelor's degree in theology and a master's degree in accounting. We recommend Judas Iscariot as your controller and right-hand man. The enterprise you are undertaking is ambitious to say the least. We wish you every success. Okay, wow. let's stop and think about this. Yes. Jesus had one and only one disciple who had formal education and qualifications and which one was the one that let him down the most?
1: Yeah, Judas. Judas was
0: The cinema. simple reality is that none of these men right here, none of the disciples outside of Judas and even Jesus himself could gain employment in the vast majority of Christian churches, our church included today. That's right. And that's a little bit scary. Um, although we do have a few P- PNDs around. You know what PND is?
1: <laughs> PNDs, what's PND? PND.
0: Yeah. I'm the PND. What's a PND? Pastor, no, pastor, no degree.
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: But, you know, some people look down on me about that. I hold my head high because I am in good company when I look at the people that Jesus chose for his followers. This is Rob Smith.
5: From the heart of the Father comes the desire that all of the nations be saved. From the lips of Messiah, we have the promise. Behold, I am with you always. Across the streets we will go, we will go. To the people who have called this place their home. Across the oceans we will fly, leaving worldly gain behind, to hear the savior's praise awake across the globe. We will go Lift up your eyes The harvest fields Are shining, shining The time has come Let us arise For heaven's church Is soon returning The time has come Lift up your eyes The harvest fields Are shining, shining The time has come Let us arise For heaven's judge Is
2: soon returning
5: Call this place their home. Across the oceans we will fly, leaving worldly gain behind to hear the Saviour's
0: praise awake across the globe. That was Rob Smith and Nikki Chiswell with Across the Streets here on Faith FM. Mon, give us another clue for our quiz. Nobody's got this one yet.
1: Okay, 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 okay. Uh, what book of the Bible am I? Uh, this is the. Ooh, second last clue.
0: Written by the King's Cupbearer.
1: Oh, this is the last clue to do our own DIY. Set a
0: record in a certain enterprise.
1: I am one of the three Old Testament books that begin with the letter N.
0: Pulled out people's hair.
1: Mm-hmm. I am one of the three Old Testament books that begin with the letter N. N for November.
0: It is not the Book of Amos. Well. Because that's what we're studying right now.
1: And it starts with A. That's right. A for Alpha.
0: There's kind of similarities when we uh, look at some of what Amos has to say, though. They had, they, the both, they were both yeah. pretty confrontational kind more. of guys. I'm not yeah. saying the name. Yeah. You're me nervous. Mon's so panicky. Panic, panic, yeah. panic. Hold it. Even more panicky that, now. Is the anxiety is just going off the charts. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, it's, I think the sugar's not helping. <laughs> <laughs> Sugar withdrawals make you even super anxious.
0: All right, Mon. Uh, Amos chapter 1 and verse 3, please.
1: Amos chapter 1 and verse 3. Happy thoughts, happy thoughts, happy thoughts.
0: Yeah, you're about Love to...
1: Love being alive. You're about to
0: read happened. Amos. You do know what Amos is about, right?
1: God's judgment on Israel's neighbors.
0: Ah, uh, yes, and uh, but that's only the intro. Okay, you read for us verse 3.
1: This is what the Lord says. The people of Damascus have sinned again and again, and I will not let them go unpunished. They beat down my people in Gilead as grain is threshed with iron sledges. Wow, I have an iron sledge inside my brain right now. I know exactly how that feels. And it's
0: bashing backwards and forwards, right? Oh, it
1: hurts so much.
0: Okay, so um, of course here Amos continues to go on and he lists the sins, the crimes, the outrages, the atrocities of places like Philistia, Syria, Phoenicia, Edom, Ammon, and Moab. And often these were crimes that were being perpetrated against Israel, they were being perpetrated against nations around them. This was a society and this was a time when these atrocities would often go unchecked and unpunished. And Amos stands up on his soapbox and he lists their sins and he states that God will step in. God will intervene, and God will judge these nations for what they are actually doing. That God will not stand back forever and just let it continue on. That must have been good news for the Israelites, wouldn't you think?
1: Oh, absolutely! I was just thinking, man, that'd be awesome to hear. It'd be a very patriotic,
0: patriotic speech. That God's to make.
1: got your back, and He's yeah uh-huh. looking after you. Uh
0: uh-huh. All right, let's go over then to the rest of the book, shall we? Yeah, Amos chapter three, starting in verse nine, nine, ten, and eleven. If you could read that for us, please. Amos 3, verse 9, 10, and 11.
1: Announce this to the leaders of Philistia and to the great ones of Egypt. Take your seats now on the hills around Samaria and witness the chaos and oppression in Israel. My people have forgotten how to do right, says the Lord. Their fortresses are filled with wealth taken by theft and violence. Therefore, says the sovereign Lord, an enemy is coming. He will surround them and shatter their defences. Then he'll plunder all their fortresses.
0: Okay, so you are a prophet. You have been called um, to be a prophet uh, from being a shepherd. You stand up on your soapbox in the middle of the city of Samaria in the nation of Israel, and you talk about the atrocities of the surrounding nations, and they're like, yeah, 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 and how God would judge them, and everyone's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And now what does he say? He's like, all you guys that are doing atrocities, take a seat. Yeah because we're doing it worse than you can learn from us. Yeah, if yeah. you want to find out how to do bad atrocities, you can actually learn from us. Mm-hmm. How do you think the nation of Israel is feeling now?
1: I, know. I think they probably realized they've been served a lesson. Yeah. Let's go
0: to chapter 4, verse 1 and 2.
1: Turning over pages.
0: Four Listen to
1: me, you fat cows living in Samaria, you women who oppress the poor and crush the needy and who are always calling to your husbands, bring us another drink. The Lord, the sovereign Lord has sworn this by his holiness. The time will come when you will be led away with hooks in your noses. Every last one of you will be dragged away like a fish on a hook.
0: I'm just wondering how I would get along in church if I stood up and addressed uh, the women in my church as fat fat cows. Now, of course, that phrase does have a probably. A different meaning Being today, not, but I yeah. don't think it's any less offensive.
1: Yeah, true. Different in his day is than our offensive. day.
0: Different meaning, different age, but Amos is not holding back here, is no, he?
1: definitely He's
4: not. He's like,
0: you guys are committing absolute atrocities and it needs to be called out. And so he stands up on his soapbox there in the city Sid- of Samaria and he absolutely calls out the oppression that these Israelite women are perpetrating on, um, you know, those that, those that were vulnerable people in society.
1: Yeah, they sound horrible. I mean, like when he calls them fat cows, it's a bit funny. When they bring another drink, it sounds a bit funny too. But well,
0: they're alcoholics as well, you know. Yeah. Wow. But when it
1: says they oppress the poor and crush the needy, it kind of makes me like, what kind of women are these? Like who would do that? Who yeah. Would, who, would, who would oppress the poor and crush the needy?
0: And to get that bad, you think, you have to think that it had to be generational.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because you know,
0: this is not what this is not the natural, ordinary person just goes out and says, "You know what? I'm going to be a psychopath."
1: Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, think about it. You know, women are usually you know have a reputation of being the gentler, you know, kinder, more relational um, of of the two genders, and they you know have more of a heart. Yeah, you know, the the ones who are out there running the soup kitchens and you know and you know being Mother Teresa's, so to speak, and Florence Nightingales. But it's for the women, like. You know, sure, when men go down the gurgler, you know, they're off like you know, being Hitlers and, and, and despots and whatever. But when the women of the society have gotten to the point where even they're oppressing the poor and crushing the needy, it makes you think, man, this whole society must have gone down the gurgler.
0: Big time. And I think that's why he's actually highlighting the women. Yeah. Is because, um, yeah, as you say. Anyway, chapter 5, verse 10 through 15. Let's have those verses.
1: How you hate honest judges, how you despise people who tell the truth. You trample the poor, stealing their grain through taxes and unfair rent. Therefore, though you build beautiful stone houses, you will never live in them. Though you plant lush vineyards, you will never drink wine from them. For I know the vast number of your sins and the depth of your rebellions. You oppress good people by taking bribes and deprive the poor of justice in the courts. So those who are smart keep their mouths shut, for it is an evil time do what is good and run from evil so that you may live then the lord god of heaven's armies will be your helper just as you have claimed hate evil and love what is good turn your your courts into true halls of justice perhaps even yet the lord god of heaven's armies will have mercy on the remnant of his people
0: he's not really holding back here is he no. he is absolutely coming out and just you know listing their sins and it's interesting how you know he talks about a society that is soaked in corruption. Mm. As a result of that, yes, they've become wealthy. They are planting vineyards. They are building beautiful homes for themselves. Um, and it's like all this ill-gotten gain, it's going to be worthless to you. Yeah, It's not going to do you a shred of good. All right, finally, we are going to read uh, chapter 8, verse 4. To, well, actually, no, I'm gonna, I, I need to finish off on uh, because you, you start to get the impression here that all that uh, Amos is doing is beating up on God's people. So I'm going to read a couple of other verses here. Um, this is chapter from chapter 5 and verse 24. Why don't you read that one for us?
1: Chapter 5, verse 24?
0: Yeah, 5, verse
1: 24. Instead, I want to see a mighty flood of justice, an endless river of righteous living.
0: I like how it says in this translation, but let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never failing stream. And then, of course, when you come down to the end of Amos, the whole last chapter, or particularly the last part of the last chapter, is uh, is a song of victory, really. And so, Amos is laying it before them. You have these options here. Um, you know, you have the future restoration of God's people. Um, you know, this might be the hour of your deepest apostasy and greatest need, but God's message is one of forgiveness and hope. This is Simeon, I am forgiven.
2: Strange the path we choose. I've tried but failed to walk in someone else's shoes Strange how I've tried To walk this road alone Not knowing the things I might find mm-hmm. explain The I should my
0: is a free community craft program for kids aged 1 to 5 designed to encourage growth and creativity through Bible stories. Join us each Tuesday during the school term from 9.30 till 11.00 am at the Senior Citizens Hall, 401 Warburton Highway, Wandon North. For more information or to register, go to happyhandsart.com.au forward slash happyhearts or contact Patricia on 0425 854 516. That's 0425 854 516. Happy Hearts. Free fun for kids and the mess stays with us.
6: Thank you. Never ceasing Call for songs of loudest praise Teach me some melodious sonnet Sung by flaming tongues above Praise the mount, I'm fixed upon it Mount of Thion
0: Changing love. Welcome back, everybody. That was Sufyan Stevens, uh, coming out. founder of every blessing, and I was just wondering whether I had pronounced that right. But no, Sufyan
1: Stevens, you it right. right. I, right. It. I just yep. got Perfect. It per- is how it is done. Very well done.
0: Awesome. What have we got for? Actually, what have we got for another clue?
1: We don't have any more clues. Ah,
0: really? Oh, okay. actually, actually, I can, I can make one up.
1: I can give you a clue, right? Mm. Cop this. It's not Nahum and it's not Numbers.
0: Okay, here's another clue. I'll give you a clue. Don't
1: say it. Don't say it. Uh,
0: This man was too busy to come down to the plain of Ono. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I feel like I want to be too busy to go to Ono <laughs> I don't want to go there <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's a huge lesson there He was too busy breaking a world record So he could not come down to the plane of Ono oh, I
1: bet you when they asked him to come to Ono He was like, oh no <laughs>
6: uh,
0: <laughs>
1: <yeah>.
6: <laughs> You're
1: hilarious, um, Funny, aren't I? Yeah. You are You are This is why they let me on the radio Hey Lyle, it's time for Cure the D
0: Yes, what do we got? You ready, Freddie? I am ready
1: Okay. Q of the D is this? Is it actually a sin to do drugs? No, like it's not unhealthy. I mean, it's not healthy, but it's actually a sin. No. Okay. Cool. So let's all go do drugs.
0: Uh, because you're probably thinking, you're probably thinking about doing drugs right now, right? It's going yeah. through your head. I would love to do drugs right now.
1: Um. I mean, I'd like to do some cookies right now, but. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You would love to do drugs right now because you have a headache, a massive splitting headache today. Yes, it's And true. we're all praying for Mon and feeling very, very sorry for her. Thanks. She's not feeling that great. Okay, so the answer is no um, when they are prescribed by your medical practitioner. Okay. Uh, we, The way this question is written, I think the questioner is probably not talking about medicinal drugs. I suspect the questioner is talking about recreational drugs, and it is definitely wrong, according to the Bible, to do recreational drugs. Do you know the Bible talks a lot about recreational drugs? I did not. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, think about this. Alcohol. Is alcohol mentioned in the Bible?
1: Absolutely, it is.
0: And does the Bible say don't touch it?
1: Oh, 100%. Does the Bible say
0: don't drink it? Yeah. Does the Bible say don't look at it?
1: Yes, it does. (laughs) The
0: Bible's pretty, pretty clear when it comes to the issue of alcohol. And alcohol is a mind-altering addictive drug. Um, and we need to recognize it as such. Okay, but that's not the only bi- only uh, drug that is mentioned in the Bible. Uh, can you think of another one that might be mentioned? Uh, thinking, nicotine? Thinking, thinking, <laughs> no, nicotine is not mentioned. It wasn't invented in uh, Bible times in Bible lands. Marijuana? Not marijuana.
1: I'm blanking. Is it sugar? No, heroin. Oh,
0: heroin? Yeah. Or really? opium, I should say opium.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, opiates, yeah.
0: yeah. Opioids. Uh, I think heroin's an opioid, isn't it? And this comes yeah, i opium. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. I think that's how it works. Anyway, let's read it from Deuteronomy. Okay, so we're going back three and a half thousand years. This is the first books of the Bible ever to be written. These are the books of Moses. This is the original canon right here. And it says, Lest there should be among you a man or woman or family or tribe whose heart turns away this day from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of these nations. Lest there should be among you a root that bears all Opium and wormwood. It actually says gall in the Old English, but it's talking about opium here. Um, a poisonous and bitter herb. Uh, and so the Bible likens idolatry to the use of recreational drugs.
1: Yeah, that's not great.
0: So, that, so idolatry and drug taking, uh, recreational drug taking kind of goes hand in hand. Okay, so you think about it, a uh, very simple question right here. Should a Christian ever involve themselves in something that is addictive? Definitely not. No, because a Christian should always aim to have self-control through the power of the Holy Spirit. And addiction by nature is something that removes self-control.
1: And freedom, self-control and freedom. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It takes
0: away your freedom. You are you are chained to it. You can't get away from it. You are always you know, focused on and looking at when and where and how you can get your next fix, um, and it just starts to completely rule and take over your entire life. Okay, so that's what the Bible says here. Don't even look at it. In fact, if you go over to um, the book of Revelation, the end of the Bible, um, right down near the end, the Bible talks about the fall of Babylon, and in Revelation chapter eighteen, uh, the Bible says, "And the light of a candle shall be shine no more at in you. The voice of the bridegroom of the bride shall be heard no more at all in you. For your merchants were the great men of the earth, for by their sorceries, their pharmakia, their drugs, were all nations deceived." The Greek word there is pharmakia. It is the word for drugs. That's how. Satan deceives the whole world at the end of time. This is Sandra McCracken, Almighty God. that was Sandra McCracken with Almighty God you're listening to Faith FM we have come to the end of the show and Mon has the biggest kind of book I've ever seen her put on her desk I think right here that's about to be given away as a Free offer of the day, so you don't have to do anything to get this one. You just have to give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is the number, or you can text us on 0491-064-669 and be the first caller through. This one is yours. What have you got for us there, Mon?
1: I have got the Family Medical Handbook, Your Home Guide to Health and Basic Emergency Care. Written by a whole swag of actual PhD wielding people.
0: Ooh, it looks interesting. Looks like a uh, a box there with you know your typical box that you have in the bathroom, full of all of the household medications, m- uh, medications plus a yellow apple. Now I know why you picked this book. It has a yellow apple on the front.
1: Well, I would not actually notice that, but now that you mention it, that does look delicious. Um, but on the back Olden it says, delicious. Would you know what to do if someone in your family needed CPR, accidentally spoiled paint thinner, passed out from heat exhaustion, began choking while eating dinner, went into cho- shock from a – man, I'm thinking about chocolate – went into a shock from snake bite, suffered a stroke or heart attack, or was unconscious due to an
0: electric shock? Or got brake fluid in their eyes.
1: If you, if you don't know the answer to any of those, if you wouldn't know what to do if someone in your family um, actually went through any of those – you should probably call us right now.
0: I got brake fluid in my eyes once.
1: Did you tell us what to do? Uh,
0: no, none of us knew what to do. We called the poison's the information. They're like, yeah, uh, run it under cold water for 15 minutes. So I did. I felt better after that.
1: Oh, good on you. Yeah. Give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM. 1-800-324-843. 1st person through will get a copy of the Family Medical Handbook, Your Home Guide to Health and Basic Emergency Care. Ah, uh, yeah. Like I said, written by... Very practical book. Very practical Particularly if
0: you are a parent, you need this book. Because you will face, as a parent, you will face uh, these situations at some point in your life. You need to know what to do.
1: Give us a call if you'd like to study more about the Bible as well. Our number, of course, is 1-800-FAITH-FN. See you tomorrow.
7: describe you